authorizing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, we'll be joined by Dr. Troy Spurl. We're talking about the Underground Clinic. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier, once again, your favorite far-right shock jock and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. Hey, I'm really excited about this show. Before we begin and bring on our guest, once again, head on over to churchandstate.media. Download our shows, take advantage of all of the content, share them with everybody that you can. Take advantage of our affiliates. We've got a lot of great ones. Um, and we'll be talking about to, uh, to Dr. Troy here about uh, potentially a new affiliate program as well. Um, I won't showcase anyone uh, right now just because I really want to get to the guest. Uh, if you want to donate, hit the donate button. And lastly, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right. We've got Dr. Troy Spurl. Um, he's got a fantastic website here. It's officialsynapse.com. Now, Dr. Troy is the founder and CEO of this organization, and he started it 26 years ago. He is a very polite Canadian. We just figured that out and actually has 10 children. That is awesome. I definitely want to talk to you about that. Uh, but he does uh, functional neurology, nutrition, and applied uh, kinesiology. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. Kinesiology. Go ahead and help me out, Dr. Troy. Kinesiology. Kinesiology. We'll talk about that as well. All right. With that intro, uh, Dr. Troy, thank you so much for joining us in Church and State. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Excellent. All right. So just give us a, a little bit of a background about who you are, a little bit more than what I just did there. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm originally from Canada. I've been in the U.S. since uh, 95. And it took me a while to become a, a citizen. I got messed up with when 9-11 happened. And so uh, I fought and paid so many lawyers to become uh, a citizen. And so a lot of what I do here uh, and why I moved here was because of the opportunities that uh, presented itself in the United States. So uh, with that, I was very used to the Canadian healthcare system. Uh, I myself had a personal uh, issue, slipped through the cracks. And so I started a functional medicine clinic in down here in the United States and have been operating that way since uh, the mid 90s. And uh, yeah, a lot of interesting things happened. When COVID happened, uh, I started seeing just a, a misrepresentation of what the data was showing. I started seeing uh, things I just questioned and then all of a sudden we just couldn't get the answers. So uh, as you kind of hinted on there in the intro, we became an underground clinic um, during COVID to treat COVID, uh, I'm going to call it the right way. Um, it was basically, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough, the, the frontline doctors. Uh, it was very, very similar to what they were doing. We we're using ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, anti-inflammatories, and early treatment, more importantly. And so the doctors that didn't agree with what was going on uh, during COVID were referring their patients out of the hospital and, and to see us. And we're a small clinic. We kind of just went under the radar. Um, and yeah, there was, there was a lot there. So we've, uh, functional medicine is different than traditional medicine. Uh, we, we are more proactive and preventative, but uh, during COVID, uh, we knew we had to kind of step up because the, the doctors that should have been doing that weren't. It's fascinating to me that you had to create an underground clinic and that there were doctors in the traditional healthcare system or model 
that knew that the, the the recommendations, the vaccines, you know, putting them on the the, the breathing or the vents, uh, yeah. the uh, I forget the medicine that they were giving people that were that was just remdesivir. Remdesivir, yes, that was just killing people outright. Yeah. Uh, and these doctors were seeing this. And they knew that they couldn't push back against the system, the established system. And so they knew what you were doing and you had this underground clinic. That just fascinates me that that even had to occur in America. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of shocked me. And uh, yeah, one of the doctors that uh, referred some patients was even told to stop prescribing ivermectin. Uh, we had uh, six pharmacists that we worked with and only, we slowly, they got whittled down because they were being attacked as well about prescribing ivermectin. And we had one brave pharmacist here in Minnesota that continued the process and kind of stood up to the board, stood up to everyone else and, and she kept, she kept going. And so she was very, very important to helping uh, our doctors help their patients. You know, during the COVID thing, we heard all this time about heroes. Uh, a hero was was placed on everything from from your bagger to your in your grocery store, you know, to the, the post office. All these people that had these so called essential jobs, they were deemed as heroes. And what you just described there, those that's the real heroes. You know, you you keeping your clinic open to treat people and actually bring them back to health. Uh, whereas in the hospital, they were literally just sent to die. These pharmacists who said, you know what, no, ivermectin. Uh, won, won prizes, won awards yeah. <laughs> for, for yeah. how effective it was and, and how little side effects it had. And, and yet now we're being told it's the worst thing, it'll kill you, don't take it. Uh, these are the real heroes of what occurred during the whole pandemic. I like to call it the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. We were um, very, very fortunate to, to uh, be supported by uh, enough people. And, and I, I have two filters. I have a filter of science and a filter of faith. And so I like to say that I was very much um, led by, by God as far as just making decisions because it was unnerving as a healthcare practitioner to be working during that time to being criticized. And we had people that uh, were showing up at, at our clinic and they're very, very thankful that we were there. Um, at the same time, we had people that were very upset with what we were doing and thought, you know, 26 years of me and they they knew who I was, they knew my heart, they knew my brain. All of a sudden, some of, to some of my patients, I was the biggest idiot because I was following people like Dr. McCullough and um, um, Dr. Z and some of these people that were speaking out and just asking the really good questions. So it was a very interesting time and I was very, very thankful. Um, for my Christian colleagues and friends, because it was mostly them that kept uh, kept my spirits high during a very, very stressful time. It was the most stressful time in my 30-year career, I'll say that for sure. It's a very exciting time to be alive as Christians. You know, um, we as, as people of faith, um, you know, believing that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only king in the world uh, and that he's coming back soon, um, we are the, we're really at the front lines of this fight. You know, and, and this fight in, in our Christian faith has taken so many different facets as of, as of late. It, it, it's beyond, it's moved beyond just, hey, we go to church on Sundays, we pray, we read the Bible, we're raising our kids up, right? Now it's everywhere you look, uh, you know, in our education system, we're fighting against the porn that's being peddled and, and the critical race theory that's being taught, but in the medical community as well. Like you can see that the vast majority of people who are standing up against medical tyranny are in fact Christians. And, and I wanted to, you know, you, you brought up your, your Christian faith. Um, 
in the book of Revelations, uh, or Revelation, I think, I believe it's twice, and then I think once in Galatian, it warns us against pharmakia. Now, I know yeah. in the more traditional sense, uh, that, is, that is more linked towards sorcery. But I, when I read that, I do pause and look at what they're, they're pushing with these mandatory vaccines and whatnot. I think that is a direct warning for us in the, in the latter days to, uh, to, to, to watch the medical community, the established medical community. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a spirit of pharmacia. And so um, we know that uh, medications can save lives. That's very true. At the same time, they can take lives. And just like our school system, our, our judicial system has become compromised, so was our healthcare system. In fact, our healthcare system was weaponized. So we have a general statement here. If God made it, it's good. If man changed it, just beware. You have to have discernment. Knowing what scripture says is very, very important. And uh, I feel like we're actually living out the Bible right now. We're, li- we're, we're seeing it. And th- there's a lot of what's already happened that's been written down that we're now experiencing it. Uh, And God is equipping certain people during this time. So as I'm reading all this research, I'm also diving into scripture to to get truth. It's it's fascinating. And also it's exciting. Um, It's not even nerve wracking at this point because I just know God's got this and it's all God is revealing so much. And so we're seeing a lot of that and a lot of things that unnerve a lot of people who don't have a strong faith. Um, basically, it's happening before our eyes, and this is how God's going to correct it. We are going to have an updated, upgraded Christian, God-centered education system, judicial system, and healthcare system. We're going to have a new healthcare system within five years. I just know it, and I feel it because of just how God's equipping people right now. Absolutely, because there's there's always going to be that remnant type of people, right, that rejects the status quo. Uh, when, when the government says something, when the mainstream media is coming out there, when, when established doctors, they're all telling you one thing. There's always going to be a class of people like you, like myself, who are like, no, I'm not just going to accept what you're telling me. You, you are yeah. the same people that have told me lie after lie after lie. You, you, we have uh, instances of government programs where they experimented on our, our own people. Right. And yeah. so there's always going to be those of us that reject that. And because we are, are capable, because we're created in God's own image of independent thought, of critical thinking, we're going to reject the system and look elsewhere. And, and these are the most intelligent people that you can find. Right. When you look yeah. at the people who rejected the mask mandates or rejected the, the mandatory vaccines, these are the smartest people. These are the people who have been online for hours on end doing critical research. And yet the mainstream media tells them all that they're, they're too stupid, right? Yeah. The government should be taking care of them. Yeah, and we know one of my filters is I know, I know the truth will always hold up to scrutiny, so we must be able to scrutinize. I also know that fear that's being pushed at us has never been aligned with truth. And so anyone who's pushing fear, now you can have a statement or a comment that you can then scrutinize. If it's true and holds up, it'll hold up to the scrutiny. The problem here is when they started to cancel the ability for us to scrutinize, there was a, that's, that's a huge red flag for me. So it's, it's an instantaneous thing. I knew after the first week when Fauci came out and started talking about the, the research that had come out, uh, I knew he was lying. I knew he was uh, not telling the, the full big picture and look how much he flip flops on stuff. You don't have to flip flop on the truth. 
You're absolutely right. I mean, Fauci, and, and they worshipped him like a god, to be quite honest. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you don't need a mask. Oh, wait, you need a mask. No, wait, maybe not. We need the mask for the healthcare workers and those, those heroes, uh, and, and not to diminish anything that they were doing. And then it became two masks, and, and it was just ludicrous. And people were driving in their cars with two masks and a face shield and gloves on all by themselves. And, and they, looked, they looked absolutely ridiculous. It was, it was hard not to laugh at individuals like that. And yet you nailed it right there. It was fear. Fear is such a great motivator. And the government knows this. The, the yeah. establishment knows this. They use it all the time against us. And, and uh, an expression that I'm very, very fond of saying is, is great oppression breeds great opportunity. Because what we saw during this whole mess, this debacle, is that there became a platform for individuals such as yourself, individuals like myself, where we were presenting a truth and people naturally hunger for that. So there have been a, a great uptick in, in my, in what I'm seeing anyway, in people that are pursuing truth, that love our country, that love Jesus Christ, and, and they want to fight against this system. Yeah, we've been a little bit too uh, relaxed and comfortable, which is the state I was in before all this happened. I had a good life. Uh, it was being managed quite well. And so uh, you have to get uncomfortable. And the most successful people in life become comfortable with the uncomfortableness of life. And so we're at that moment and the Christians are rising up as far as uh, and a lot of other uh, good people who see uh, what's happened. And so uh, it's it's a very, very important time. And it's it's important I, I want to say it this way, when, during the whole COVID thing, uh, I relied so much on my faith that, uh, I'll give you an example, when we, when I've, I've been treating COVID, active COVID, three years straight from day one up until day 20 of COVID, never wore a mask because I had confidence in the God-given immune system that I had, and I've been working proactively to keep it healthy. To this day, I've still not missed a day of work. I've not missed a day of work in 30 years, but I've not missed a day of work all through COVID, never got any, never had any symptoms of COVID and was able to uh, continue to work with people along with my nurse practitioner uh, for active COVID during that time, especially during the, the height of, the, of, of COVID. And we found some very specific things just clinically, like uh, people with good vitamin D levels, good zinc levels. And when you nebulized with iodine in your nasal passage, it decreased the spread. So, so we knew how to manage it uh, very early on. None of this information got to the people, except for maybe back channels like this. But many of these channels didn't exist um, all, all that uh, well. A lot of stuff has sprung up since then. And so, uh, which is great because that's what we need. That's why we've seen such a shift from the, the mainstream media to, to podcasts because people just don't trust the mainstream media anymore. It's absolutely incredible. You know, the, the science would tell us that an individual such as yourself didn't wear masks, were treating all these different people with COVID-19, that you would have been one of the first people to probably drop. And yet yeah. here you are, you never got it. You were around them constantly, but you knew the, you knew the, uh, the system that you had established to ensure that you were going to remain healthy. And, and then we had these, these really disgusting sycophants who were, were calling for people like you to die. I, I mean, yeah. I know I, I was throwing that a lot. I, I was holding rallies against the mandates and things like that. Thousands of people in the streets. And, and I would get these horrible, horrible messages I hope you die. I, ho I hope you bring COVID back to your kids and that they die. Things like that. Uh, how did we get to that point here in America? Yeah, again, that's fear-driven. All of that is fear-driven. And they, they would rather you die and then be right than actually learn what the truth is. 
And, and that's sad. And so I, I just kept telling people during the time that didn't agree with me, uh, we're looking for the truth. So discern through it, let's talk about it. And uh, I was a part of a group of the doctors that uh, when they offered just a, a million dollars to just debate us, and I got into a few debates with the um, Mayo doctors, and that's when I realized that they really hadn't read the research. And then I was fortunate enough to have uh, lunch with Dr. Um, McCullough early on, right before he testified uh, before Congress, he was here in Minnesota. And he talked about his sit down with uh, the CDC. There was three or four people at the table very early on. And he came to them with a, a plan and a program. Uh, he had read at that time 600 different research articles that could potentially influence uh, a protocol, if you will. And he realized that it was like deer in headlights is what he said. They, they had no clue what he was talking about and they, they didn't even want to listen to it to develop a strategy or plan. They just wanted a vaccine. He said it was very evident that it was deer in headlights and they just wanted a vaccine. And so, but fortunately enough, he kept going and he shared his thoughts, his his protocols with many of us uh, uh, doctors. And, you know, I, I am very thankful for doctors like that and Pierre Corey and other ones, uh, Dr. Z, who could discern some of the scientific language and research um, and, and just get get to a, a place of this is the mechanisms we need to treat. And then in our world, we know how the human body is supposed to work. We took that information and just applied it the way we knew how to apply it. And, and it was a home run. So you, you just brought up the vaccine. And um, I know that there are people who listen to this program that unfortunately received the vaccine. Uh, some of them got all of them. Some of them stopped after one or two. Um, but now we're currently seeing this this uh, interesting predicament uh, coming from the the establishment to where we're seeing a lot of people that are all of a sudden dying suddenly. Um, and, and typically it's, it's very healthy individuals, athletes, uh, young actors, you know, individuals who you would think, no, this is this, they shouldn't be dying of heart attack. They shouldn't be having strokes at this age. Uh, I just saw the data that, that infant uh, mor um, mor mortality has just increased for the first time um, and, and it was because they were encouraging pregnant women to get the vaccine. Um, is there a, is established medical protocols uh, from your clinic that can potentially deal with this, this real danger? Uh, yeah, so ultimately we're gonna get the numbers in about another year uh, or two, unfortunately, as far as the, uh, when we look at all cause mortality compared to the past, and then we look at uh, mortality um, as it relates to cardiovascular disease and compared to past numbers from age groups, we're already seeing that trend, as you mentioned. Um, and also the, the, the first phase really is, is cardiovascular compromise. Second phase is autoimmune. So we're gonna see if there's a change with just the pure volume of diagnosed autoimmune diseases. And then the third stage, unfortunately, is cancer. So as we get, we're getting close to that phase, if you will, and if there's an increase in the rates of cancer. So those are the three different main scenarios. And we started tracking the vaccine injuries in 2021. Um, as far as the potentials, uh, as of December 2021, we stopped pulling all the research because we already had over a thousand journal articles uh, of vaccine-related compromise or injury or death. Uh, pretty uh, outstanding. So having said that, we were fortunate enough to have technology at the clinic. Uh, it's called the Endopat and it measures 
the, the endothelial lining, the lining of the arteries, and then the stiffness of the arteries. So we're actually able to measure damage done by COVID or the vaccines to the arterial system. And so we are treating a lot of long haul COVID and vaccine injuries uh, from all over the United States and Canada. So Canada doesn't really have a lot of docs who are treating it, but um, um, we're seeing we have to almost heal their, their cardiovascular system as if they've been smoking for 50 years. Uh, I have 19 year olds who are coming in where we're getting them tested to see if they have um, uh, cancer actually from some of the early lab tests that we've uh, we've run. So, yeah, we, we have set protocols. Uh, it's really all about knocking down the inflammation, long-term inflammation, and we have to rebuild what's it's called the glycocalyx or the the uh, interior of the artery system. We have to rebuild that through diet, lifestyle, and and supplements uh, as far as uh, very key supplements to help reestablish that structure and, and improve the cardiovascular system. So what you're saying is there is hope. Um, you know, you may have been injured by the vaccine or even by COVID itself, uh, but you, I mean, we both know this, uh, the body is very capable of, of healing itself, uh, but it needs the necessary nutrients, vitamins, lifestyle changes. Yeah. This is very positive for, for myself and for my audience. Uh, how do people get involved with, with your clinic? How, how, what website can they go to? How do they sign up? Uh, do, they, do they have to go to Minnesota or can you treat people uh, remotely? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, people can go to our website, which is uh, officialsynapse.com, uh, S-Y-N-A-P-S-E.com. And then uh, we have a free discovery call. So we have to make sure you're a good fit for us. So uh, we don't charge for that. You answer three simple questions, get set up with uh, one of our uh, coaches or nurses, and they'll uh, get you set up with what we call a practice memory evaluation. That's where you meet with one of the doctors. And again, it's a little bit more of a discerning process to see if we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. Uh, we do treat people currently from all 50 states and from 12 different countries. So you don't have to fly to Minnesota or come to Minnesota. So we can do stuff remotely. Uh, a lot of times though, we have a lot of in-house technology that's very, very important. So a lot of people will come here for one to a three day stay, sometimes do a full week of detox, cleansing and, uh, and actually assessing. And that's our most uh, common as a well, one week stay. Uh, and then we we have labs all over the, the 50 United States. So we can generally monitor, manage cases, um, whether you've come here or not. But the people who, who come for a one week stay, generally we can do the follow up afterwards and, and help people out. Okay. Now, is this something that the uh, your traditional insurances will cover, or do you have a you have a program that kind of helps people that uh, you know may not have the, the the capacity monetarily wise to to travel or to to be a part of more of a, a non traditional medical system? Yeah, great question. So we actually uh, operate outside of the insurance world, and again, that's one thing we hope to change. Um, but uh, historically, that's one of the reasons why we we're able to become an underground clinic because we were not under the umbrella and couldn't be controlled. So we basically just do what the patient's body is telling us that it's needing as far as doing the lab work. And I'll give you an example. Our baseline lab measures 98 different panels. If you run that through insurance, it's about a $1,600 blood panel. If we do it, uh, because we do enough of them around the country, the lab itself uh, knocks down the price and, we, and our cost is $250. 
from $1,600. So we just pass that savings on to the people. So you pay the lab directly. And so we're, we are a direct pay uh, clinic. Having said that, uh, I started a nonprofit years ago to help subsidize and pay for people who can't afford it. Um, that is a work in progress as far as being fully funded because we have a 60 person wait list right now. Um, so we're always looking, uh, we're, we're holding events and stuff for the nonprofit, but if you want it and you need it and can't afford it, get on our nonprofit wait list and we'll call you when um, the funds are available. Uh, we're, we're treating people constantly, we're raising funds daily actually, but the need is very great. As you can imagine, healthcare, the costs have just skyrocketed with the, it's not just bread and, and food that's gone up, our, our supplies to even just run labs has uh, increased by almost uh, 30% for a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, our overhead stuff. So with that being said, um, yeah, we wanna make sure everyone uh, can get treated. So if you can't afford it, make sure you get on our nonprofit uh, it's it's very interesting to me that uh, the Canadian, uh, you know, who uh, had that socialized medicine, uh, came down to the United States and, and worked his tail off and became successful, built a, a fantastic clinic, and, and now is rejecting, you know, the more uh, traditional American system uh, that has actually gone towards more of a Canadian model, to be quite honest. Uh, and you know what? It's cheaper. It's more cost effective. I am shocked by this information. Yeah, there's a, I, I have ideas for a new model, new healthcare system that takes the best of what Canada has and the best of what the United States has and the best of the world because Switzerland has some good models. I've been uh, talking about this for years and uh, I do remember back in 2008 when Obamacare was, was uh, being presented, I was interviewed on a radio show with a medical doctor group of nurses and I was the only one against Obamacare that, that came out and spoke out against it. And uh, I spoke about, and I was the only one who grew up in a Canadian system. And a lot of people love the Canadian system. It's currently bankrupting their country right now, but there's a lot of pros and cons to it. And when people don't have skin in the game, meaning that they don't pay something, there seems to be a drop off and people tend to abuse the system. And so there's a lot of factors here, but uh, I have good ideas and strategies for a, a new healthcare model. That's, a, that's something I wrote on my wall in my mission statement uh, 15 years ago to become a worldwide agent of change in the fields of healthcare and human potential. And there is, there is a road through this where we take the best of what the U.S. has to offer, which, which really is their emergency medicine model. It, it is elite, uh, best in the world. The rest of it, we don't even crack the top 50. So we spend more uh, on healthcare than any other country in the world, and we're not even cracking the top 50 for healthy nations. And we're, we're double Japan, who's number two. So it's not even close. That's wild. No, and I agree with you. I'm a former EMT myself. My wife's an ER nurse. Uh, our, our emergency medicine, it is. It's top notch. And, you know, I mean, no offense, but if I break my arm, I'm probably going to the ER and, and not to you. you yes. Know? I mean, yeah, exactly. that's how it works, right? But, yes. <laughs> but for that functional medicine, it's definitely someone like yourself. Uh, I reject the, the big pharma, uh, and I know most of my audience does as well. We're coming up to the, the end of the show. Um, I want to I ask you one more quick question. Uh, you'll have to give me a quick answer here, but yep. are we going to see another pandemic? Uh, we're going to see another attempt at one for sure, but, uh, but we're not going to fall for it. Amen. I uh, so appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Troy, go ahead and, uh, and uh, let us know how people get a hold of you. Uh, you know, push your website again as well. Uh, make sure that people can get in here. 
Yeah, that's uh, officialsynapse.com, and you'll see at the top there's just a free discovery call. Answer three quick questions, and uh, yeah, we'll be here. Uh, we're good servant leaders. We're here to to serve you guys. So uh, we'll we'll uh, help the people we can help and refer the people to the ER that need the, with the broken arms. There you go. <laughs> yes, and uh, and for fans of Churchill State, uh, we will have all this information on our webpage very shortly. So stay tuned for that, Dr. Troy. Thank you so much for joining us on Church and State. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Church of State is sponsored in part by the Constitution Party and Patriot Church. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire.